The world of college basketball almost seems never-ending. With recruiting for the next best player, camps, preseason workouts during the offseason, that leaves only a few short weeks where you're not actually working. My next guest is someone who knows this all too well. For more than 20 years, she's navigated this world as a supportive wife and mother. She will talk with us about how she's been able to make it work not only for the team that her husband works for, but for her family as well. And we're back with another episode of For the Love of the Game. On this episode, I have Miss Rochelle Brooks, whose husband is Alvin Brooks, the second, who is the head basketball coach for the men's Lamar Cardinals in Beaumont, Texas. So Miss Rochelle, do you want to say hello? Hello, everyone. It's very nice to be here. Thank you, Ariane, for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. I've actually wanted to interview for a while now. And, um, you know, I'm just happy that I finally got to to get your time. Well, we talk all the time. It's just this is our (laughs) new format now. (laughs) Yeah, I guess just recording our conversation as opposed to just having it or whatever. (laughs) Right. But um, yeah, I appreciate you giving me your time. And, you know, I just kind of you've you've been someone who's mentored me since, since before kind of <laughs> McKill was a coach. Um, Miss Rochelle, um, I guess coach Brooks coached my husband when he was in college. So they've kind of seen us begin college and go through um, the beginnings of the coaching industry and get to where we are today. And actually why my husband has the job he has today is because of coach Brooks and um him recently obtaining the head coaching position at Lamar University. But beforehand, um, Coach Brooks was a mentor to my husband and Miss Rochelle was a mentor to me navigating, um, you know, just college basketball itself. So they've been, they both have been around the block when it comes to um, college athletics and as, you know, as it pertains to basketball. And so I thought um, she would be such a great um, ally to anyone um, just trying to navigate how to manage family and, and the sport and still giving everything that you can. So I'm excited to get, um, you know, a little bit of wisdom from, from you, Miss Rochelle. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be here. You know, I, I've, I have known the both of you for so long. I, I remember the recruiting of Mikhail, which is <laughs> so wild because I feel like it was yesterday but right (laughs) it but you guys have three kids now so it wasn't (laughs) (laughs) maybe not so much yesterday but (laughs) but it's such a beautiful thing and it's it's really um fulfilling to know that Mikhail uh appreciates Alvin as much as he appreciates Mikhail you know from the very beginning he's even when he was playing for him. He was somebody that he um, went to to help with recruits because he is so good at uh, making people feel comfortable. And he is such a nice guy, which, <laughs> yeah. um, which is huge. Uh, I, I tried to give them some ideas in the past about recruiting, but they don't listen to me. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently they know how to do their job. Apparently they know us. how to do their job. They keep telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need our input even though nope. they probably take some of the stuff we say inadvertently and use it but whatever 
Right. <laughs> I don't need the credit as long as it works. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, Co- Coach Brooks has definitely been, um, you know, someone Mikhail has looked up to. And, you know, I think especially over this last year, Mikhail's really appreciated gotten getting to to see Coach in this different element. You know, he's never gotten to see Coach Brooks as a head coach. And, you know, seeing the behind the scenes stuff that most people don't get to see as being an assistant coach and what it takes to recruit and everything. And I think, you know, their, um, their chemistry from then on has been Mm -hmm. something that will make this season, you know, really, really a a special one for sure. So. I agree with you Uh, last summer when they, well, I guess in the spring and then in the summer when they started and they were driving back and forth together from, from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so interesting to me because Mikhail has been around him for so long, but there are so many things that he has never seen, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like you're saying. And some of it is um, the difference between being an assistant and you know being in that role and then also being a head coach and feeling comfortable to this is my program so I can handle things uh, the way that I'm comfortable handling them, but mm-hmm. not giving up on, on his strength, which has always been recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. Why he still has relationships with, you know, Mikhail and other, other um, student athletes that have become part of the family. Yeah. And I guess that's something we're definitely seeing. And I know, you know, from the outside looking in um, other people probably have no idea this, especially, you know, if, their significant others or them themselves, um, you know, have not broken that threshold um, of becoming an assistant, but just the, the expectations of the recruiting and, and the type of personality that you need to have, you know, kind of goes a long way um, with that. And we're kind of slowly learning that as we're entering our second year as being an assistant. And Coach Brooks is probably, you know, the best person that McHill could have, you know, begun to learn from just because he's known him for so long and it's you know it turned out to be a really good situation so far and and trust is huge in this business and and they trust each other so yeah um, that's that's the first step yeah for sure for sure so how did you and coach Brooks meet like were you uh was he a coach when you met him or like did you know about like what life you were about to step into Absolutely not. I had no idea. Um, I have always, you know, I've been in education for a lot of years. I started teaching um, in special education and I've stayed in special education all this time. So when, mm-hmm. when, um, when I was decided that I wanted to come out of the classroom um, and go into a leadership role so that I could actually make more money, because at the time I was a single mother and I thought I need to be able to take care of myself and my son. And I mm-hmm. felt like I had some strong skills um, to share with other teachers. Yeah. So as I was doing that, um, I had a cousin who happened to work with uh, one of the directors of special education. And so he asked me, he said, do you want to come you know, and meet her? She'll be able to help you. And mm-hmm. it was like over spring break. So I said, that's fantastic. I went to meet her. And when I got home, she was very nice. When I got home, he called me and said, hey, she wants to know if you want to meet her nephew. You, you don't have to. She'll still help you. 
<laughs> but she she wants to know if you want to meet him and I said well sure it's a free dinner I'll do it you know <laughs> why <laughs> not what can you lose yeah and it was you know the the first conversation that we had I didn't know anything about basketball I you know I graduated from University of Houston several times over and still <laughs> never went to the games I I watched you know during the um the by Slamma Jamma era, you know, because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I was actually in school there. But mm-hmm. that, that kind of tells you my age. So ignore that. <laughs> but so I didn't, I wasn't really interested, you know, and I remember asking my brother, so do you know the coach at University of Houston? Like, what does he look like? What is he like when, you, when he interviews, you know? Like you need the lowdown before yeah, you Yeah, before going. I'm, exactly. And so um, when he called and we talked the first time, we talked for hours and realized that he actually was best friends with my first cousin all the way through eighth grade. Wow. Before he, before he went from Catholic to public school. And so my aunts and my uncles and my family already knew him. My dad knew his grandmother because she was attached to the same Catholic church that my family was attached to. They, the priest that was very close to my dad was also very close to Alvin. So it was a connection, you know, it was like that we didn't realize was there, but it, 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 it seems like there was, fate was going to bring us together one way or another. And because there were so yeah. many connections that, that we weren't aware of. Wow. It was just meant to be. I, I think so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the first, I mean, we, we connected in a way that I don't think I, I've, I, I know I've never connected that way initially with anybody mm-hmm. um, that, that I just felt comfortable with him. And we talked and talked and talked. Now I'm like, I don't want to talk on the phone, please. <laughs> Wait till you get home. I'll talk to you then. <laughs> but we used to be on the phone for hours. So. Oh, wow. So I know we've talked about this because my family on my dad's side is from that similar area. Is that, was that church mother of mercy, our mother of mercy? Yes. 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 Okay. Mother Mercy. Yeah. Because I know we've talked about it briefly and I don't really know a whole lot about that side of my family just because my father is a lot older than my mom. But mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure um, Coach Brooks knew some of my family as well. So I was like, I think we've talked about this, but I can't remember. <laughs> I'm positive because I do remember when we went to your wedding, there was somebody and I can't remember who it was. And I kept saying, Alvin, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure how, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that area is small and especially mm-hmm. back in the day when it was, you know, up and coming, um, you know, everybody knew everybody. So exactly. definitely probably That's connections. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so funny. So you guys, the dinner, I guess went well, cause here we are today. <laughs> well, our first date was actually, um, he, he had a recruit in town. Of course. And and he said, you know, we're going to the comedy club. Mm -hmm. So why don't you join me? So I I said, okay. And, you know, just as guys do, he said, you know, you can bring your boyfriend. I was like, all right, thanks. (laughs) So (laughs) trying to keep trying to be cool. One of my um, co-teachers was going to go with me and she ended up at a track meet and didn't get done in time and so for the first time I I mean I've never gone to someplace like that by myself and I did and I walked up to the guy that I thought was, you know, the coach. And I said, um, are you looking for me? And he said, sweetheart, I am very happily married. <laughs> so I said, I'm sorry. I'm looking for Alvin Brooks. 
So he, it, he showed me who he was. And after that, we were, we spent so much time together. Um, it did go very well. After we left the comedy club, we went to eat and it was, it went very well. Oh, wow. Okay. So that kind of probably set the stage for like, you know, how you could have thought your life would have been. Cause he was like working, but inviting you <laughs> as a date. Yes. yes. <laughs> So, like, what did you think about that at that stage of your life? It was very different because he was a head coach at that time, but he was, you know, there were so many changes going on um, at the University of Houston. And then I was back in school trying to get uh, my supervisor's certificate so that I could get into the leadership role. Mm -hmm. So we both were very busy. Um, And, you know, I had my older son, Julian, and he had um, his three children. So we had other things that were occupying our time, but we always made sure that, you know, we had time for each other. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get the the full understanding of what it was like to be um, a coach's wife. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly several times, you know, having that conversation after we got married about, well, you know, this is what it's like to be a coach's wife. And I didn't understand that. In my mind, I was like, wait a minute, stop saying a coach's wife. I'm just <laughs> a man's wife. he was trying to let you understand that it was not the same trying to and I did not get it until I was way in it (laughs) wow so you were kind of too far gone to really even contemplate if this is something that you want to be a part of kind of thing for sure for sure I think the only question that we had is it was interesting because he had never he had been at University of Houston for I think like 12 years maybe Mm -hmm. and when we um, got married, he was le- actually the year before we got married, he um, lost the job at University of Houston, mm-hmm. you know, which happens. Yeah. And so he was out of coaching for a year and I, I wasn't sure, you know, what, where he would land, but he wanted to get back in coaching and he ended up getting the job at um, Texas Tech with Coach Dickey as an assistant. Mm-hmm. And that would have meant moving and he, he did say, you know, I don't know how you feel about that. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it because I have always been like, I will, I, I'm not uncomfortable about that. Yeah. I can move. Or at least I thought I could. I thought I would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but actually the first year when we got married, the first year, um, because I was pregnant and he was moving to Lubbock and there had been some, um, controversy about a hospital there and I believe it was one of the other the women coaches who happened to be you know a a black coach and who had some trouble there and so he was like I'm just not comfortable not having any family there Mm -hmm. not having anybody else that you would know for you to be that far away from family and you know have a baby there and not not have any family around so which yeah initially I thought I'll be okay. And then, you know, after I was, I stayed in Houston and, you know, my mom and dad were helping me. I thought this is the life because they are very helpful. I think I would, I would have had a, it would have been a struggle. It would have been a real struggle. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense, especially, you know, it's kind of something that's not talked about a lot, but, you know, being a black woman in, you know, any type of medical situation, there's always a little more, uh, concern that right. you kind of have just because you know that's just the world that we live in unfortunately but I couldn't imagine like 
having to leave to a smaller town, not that the medical, you know, the medical well, hospital would be great, but from Houston where, you know, we have the Houston medical center, which is the top mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. going to someplace that you just don't know. You, you don't have that same sense of security and comfort that, that you yeah. have in Houston. So, yeah. And that's just because of growing up there, I guess, you know, you just kind of take it for granted. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Cause there's so like, if anything goes wrong, you're right there, you know, they don't have to, right. you know, go far to get you the help that you need. So. Exactly. And, and the other thing, Ariane, is that there are a lot of coaches, families who, during the course of their marriage, end up having to live separately for a period of time, whether mm-hmm. it's a short period of time or not, when a, when a coach gets another job and the families, the kids are in school and you can't move right away because you have to sell your house, mm-hmm. um, then you end up living alone and in in, while they go on to, you know, the next job, because you know, it happens immediately when the, when the job is there, you got to go. Yeah. And you kind of can't wait around for whatever else to happen no, in your so regular life. As a coach's wife, you have to be prepared to take on all of that. Mm-hmm. Which and I guess we only experienced it for a couple weeks, but how long, um, like, did you ever move to Texas Tech with coach or? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, we moved to Texas Tech and we were in Lubbock and uh, I really liked Lubbock. Um Yeah. I, I only worked part-time there, so I kind of did consulting for the school district. Casey oh, okay. was very young, and, and so every, I, I enjoyed it there. Unfortunately, you know, Coach Dickey's career, he, he was fired and the staff was fired, and so we had to move again, which we moved so many times. And <laughs> before we got married, he stayed in one place 12 years. After we got married, we moved every two years or so. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With a young child. With a young child. I, <laughs> yes. So I had my older son who was 10 the first, you know, the first year. And then I had Casey who was nine months, you know, so it was. So you had a moving and trying to find daycare and trying to yeah. make sure that the schools are good because so that's a challenge, but it was something that you, you kind of learn how to do it. You, it, and finding the right church, you know, doing those things. Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared to do that. Um, it becomes a part of, of just, and maybe it's because I did, did it so often in the first years of our marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here telling you that it was like rosy and it was like, oh, okay, I'll just do this. No, <laughs> no. It's like, I'm at home. I'm selling the house. I'm doing these things. You know, I need you here. Mm-hmm. And he's got to work. <laughs> he's got to work. And, and they have in- instant fraternity. You know, they, mm-hmm. when, when you're a coach and you go to a new place, the coaches that you're with become your family right away. And most yeah. generally you already know those people or, yeah. co- you know, they already know idea. those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, as a wife, you may not, and yeah. you may not know anyone. So yeah. you're really relying heavily on, on your husband and he's relying heavily on you not needing him so that he can, you know, do the work that he's gone there to do and not, Mm -hmm. not feel like a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Not have to 
you know, feel like, oh, I can't be my 100% at work because I'm worried about my wife figuring out, you know, where we're going to live and where the kids are going to go to school and things like that. Right. And it is, if you can't do that, if you can't um, be alone, and I'm not saying that, that I don't think you know it in advance. I think you kind of learn as you go along that you can manage things that, that you may not want to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the more, the more times that you do those things, the stronger you feel and the more confident and competent you feel at doing those things. Yeah. Um, when we sold our house in, we were in El Paso for all of 10 months. <laughs> wow. Before we had to sell the house. And, and because we went from El Paso to Texas A&M and, and he left right away um, in March or April. And, you know, we were, the kids were in school, so I couldn't leave. We had the house to sell and pack up. And mm-hmm. uh, thank goodness, you know, I had some wonderful help who is um, Amy Rhodes, who's now the, uh, her husband, Mac Rhodes, is the um, athletic director at Baylor. Yeah. And so she helped me stage the house and we sold it within weeks because oh, we wow. kind of did it, sell it on our own. We baked cookies, we staged the house and, and <laughs> sold it. And she helped me pack. And so you have to have people also that, that are your support. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that, you know, that you got to meet back up with the roads at Houston. Yeah. And so I guess in a way went, I guess you were kind of behind coach Brooks in, you know, developing those relationships within the industry. But once, you know, you started moving around to different places, you started, you know, meeting people and, you know, developing relationships with people that would, you know, soon come full circle in the next job. And I'm sure that probably made an impact as you, you got that, you know, got, got, came back to Houston and, you know, the roads were there. Absolutely. And, and you'll find that too, that, that, you'll meet more people. Um, one of the things that going to the final four, um, I don't, I don't think Alvin was like, Hey, yeah, let's go. You come with me. But I think I was like, (laughs) if you're going, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. And now there are so many things for wives to connect. The Mm. the biggest is, is the gathering, which every time that I'm a part of it, it's phenomenal. Um, and, and, and it is an opportunity for, for you to recognize that you're not the only person who has to go through these things. And you're not the only person who feels like, you know, distressed at sometimes or, or mm-hmm. discouraged. You know, we all, everyone who's in this industry understands what that's like. Yeah. So you would, that, that's something that you would um, suggest anybody if they got the opportunity to go to, to, to attend? Definitely. The gathering is is positive, um, uplifting for coaches' wives. And yeah. now that I've, you know, we've moved so many times and had so many uh, different staffs to be a part of, there are a lot of wives that I know that that I get to reconnect with. Yeah, yeah. And just like you and Mikhail, it's there's. I'm I'm really happy that there there's you know other coaches' families that I know we were a part of helping them to feel comfortable or helping them to adjust or helping them to understand, you know, this lifestyle or, and I think that's one of the things that's, that's happened as our marriage has grown and changed is Mm -hmm. that we have been able to 
offer some support, hopefully, to young couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've had the conversation with women before marriage to say, understand this life means that you may have to move. And if you're not comfortable with that, it's you're going to have a hard time because your husband has chosen this life mm-hmm. with you. <laughs> but you will, ha- you know, if you love your, your husband, of course, you're going to want to support him in whatever it is that he wants to do. And sometimes it feels like, okay, but I'm also, because I do have a career. But yeah. My career is secondary to, to his. And I, al- I already know that, that if, if we have to move, well, for one thing, you know, he makes more money than I do. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a part it, of it. That's, that's <laughs> a big piece. <laughs> but I know that, you know, if we need to move for his job, then I need to find another job there. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to, you know, do nothing. Like there no. are ways that you can have your own um, yes. career. And but if you're a person it. who thinks I'm not going to move, uh, then My- I, either you, your husband's going to have a t- hard time or, or you are. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I, I remember I spoke to, um, Tootie, mm-hmm. uh, coach Brooks's son's wife. Mm-hmm. And she, she had mentioned that you guys had spoken to her about that because, um, I interviewed her almost probably almost a year ago now. Um, and she was saying that's the same thing that she really wasn't excited no, about moving. She said, I'm not going to move. And I was like, mm. <laughs> well, you need to think about that. Cause if you get married to Al, you're going to have to eventually. Yeah. And I guess that's something that's, you know, people don't realize that you, I mean, you can have your own piece, but you still have, to, I mean, if you're, if you're going to make your marriage work or your relationship, right. work, it's still a big part of it and something that you need to talk about for sure. And I think, you know, I, I, I come from a very big family and we're all very close. And so, I mean, we are very close. Yeah. So the, the only person that's ever moved away in my immediate family was me. And mm. the, but we, I cried the first, um, I, I think I cried all the way on the ride to Lubbock and then, and then um, but not just, you know, missing family. And, and, and there were times that it was the same. I just missed family. Yeah. But, the, but the, you know, then you look at the advantage of when my parents would come to visit, then I had them all to myself. You That's know, we true. had, we had some real quality time where it was just us. Yeah. And it was uninterrupted by right. life because they were, coming to visit you so they didn't have external things going on either exactly and it was the same thing with you know with my siblings and and cousins and so when they would come it would be great because it would just be some intense time together yeah yeah I'm I'm noticing that too with my sister because she whenever she does come it's like you get the time to really just focus on you know your relationship with them and just hanging out in good times and then, you know, for a short time and then going back to, you know, the regular life, but being able to look forward to seeing them again, you know, makes it a little more doable because it is hard being away from family. Like, even if you don't have a huge family, because um, our family isn't all that big, but I did, I didn't realize how much I relied on my family, you know, right. when we did live in Houston. And now, 
you know, just a simple date night, it's like, well, I don't know, because we have three kids and that's a lot to put on a stranger and, you know, being able to trust somebody with your kids or, you know, just if you're having a rough day and you want to, you know, you know, wind down and, and chat with your family. I mean, obviously there's FaceTime and stuff, but it's different than being in person. So it, it, it is different. It's, um, but you know, different is not always bad and, and yeah, change is, is good. My oldest son has in, in his career and in, in the people that he's met with and the things that he's done, he has really understood that the fact that we did move around so much helped him to be more comfortable in all situations because he had to learn how to meet new people. Oh, okay. So you do think that that was something that helped him? He, he finds it an advantage. Oh, okay. That's good to know because that's something that I was kind of worried about with, you know, my three boys as well. Like, talking with my friends who, you know, they know that their, their kid is going to go through kindergarten, elementary, high school, where they are, you know, and getting comfortable with their, their, you know, the people there and having, um, you know, the community, it kind of made me a little bit sad to know that my kids probably would never have that. However, you know, they, they may get skills from, you know, moving Mm -hmm. around so much that other kids would never get that opportunity. Exactly. The experiences. And then think about all of the different people. I, I always think about that. Like I have, I have great friends in other places because we've been to other places. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's really hard to understand. I mean, obviously the, the world, but most, even other parts of our country, if mm-hmm. you never leave where you are. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I guess now that, Mikhail has expanded his network that even people obviously that I haven't met yet, like those people's wives, um, whenever we go places, you know, it's just another friend that you have when you go somewhere and you don't right. realize it. Or for example, um, since they started be ready, the, um, I guess it, would you call it like a networking group for coaches? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes. um, coach Brooks's son started a, um, a networking group for coaches and it's just kind of a safe space where coaches of all areas, all degrees can kind of come and learn from each other and network with each other. And, um, one of the guys that my husband met on there, um, was used to be at Lamar. And so he was another source for, um, you know, for us trying to get used to the area, like he was able mm-hmm. to tell us different restaurants because he was recently here. I know Coach Brooks used to be at Lamar, but not since things had changed, you know, there are more restaurants and more things to do and things like that. So he was him and his wife became a resource to us that we wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, so right. it really it really made a difference. And we've developed a relationship with them. And I had never even met them before. So <laughs> it That's kind fantastic. of was, yeah, no, it's great. And I guess the times that I do get sad about, you know, oh, I'm, I'm living in this place that's so different. And, you know, that's not home. And I can't even get comfortable here because I'm going to end up moving and whoever knows how long, um, you know, just knowing that, you know, the next place we go, we might know somebody who might be able to help us acclimate better. So that's and just keep I'm in learning. mind, wherever you are, it, it is home. And so 
yeah. connect with people. I remember when we left Kentucky and I was like, why do we have to leave? I'm, you know, I have a job <laughs> here. I love the people. I'm, I'm very happy um, because he didn't have another job yet to go to. And yeah. so, and he was like, we can't stay on your salary. <laughs> and I need to find another job and I, it's not going to be here. Yeah. So, so we need to move. But yeah. the friends and, the, and that was home. And the friends that I have there are still friends. Mm, that says a lot. That does say a lot. And just being comfortable in a place that you didn't necessarily want to go to at first or right. didn't think that you would, you know, be that connected to it is, it, it does say a lot, you know, and um, being able to lean on the people that you're there with is. And is having children deal. will help you in that yeah. aspect. Yeah, you're right. You'll have other people to connect with. Um, I met people at Casey's school that, you know, became great friends. Mm-hmm. Um now that I, you know, our kids are grown and gone, mm-hmm. I, I considered working from home when we got here and honestly did not ever intend to be back in public education. I had already made that decision, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but saw, just happened to see the, the job posting, just kind of, you know, how you just kind of explore things to see. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going on here. So yeah. I did that. And then I thought, well, I'll apply and just see what happens. And I think had I not done that and, di- and didn't have the job that I have now, I, I would be very depressed because yeah. I have no other opportunities to get out and, and meet people in the community. Yeah. No, or not enough. Sense. You know, yeah, so. how are you going to, I mean, it, it is hard to meet people now, especially since COVID, you know, it's not, right. people aren't as open to um, just getting to know a stranger. <laughs> right, exactly. And so through work, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people in the community and they share a lot of things that, like you said, with the, the couple that you met that you wouldn't otherwise know, you know, you can yeah. make decisions and you can look at Yelp and you can look at, but when you're looking for a dentist in the area, mm-hmm. you know, you want somebody who knows exactly who you should go to yeah and like has been there and experienced different things right. opposed to just the the advice of strangers that may or may, may not be posting what really happened <laughs> correct correct wow yeah no that makes sense do you have any advice for anybody who I guess would be entering this new lifestyle or is in this current is currently in this, you know, lifestyle of being a coach's wife or um, a spouse or even in a relationship with someone who's in the coaching industry and just, you know, some, something helpful to, to pick them up or to give them advice in. I, I think one of the things there, there are a couple of things. One of the things that I, that I recall was um, one of the women's coaches at one of the schools that we were at, I was complaining that my husband never, he, he doesn't ask me to go anywhere. He never thinks about, let's go on a date. He doesn't do these things. And she said, so if you said, hey, we're going to dinner tonight, would he go? And I said, yeah. She said, then don't wait on him to do it. Will you have fun if y'all go to dinner? Yeah. Then make it happen yourself. Mm, that's don't that's sit actually back really good. And admire the problem and go, oh, he never does this. Mm-hmm. Make it happen and, and you'll enjoy it. Um, take control of what you can take control of, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. 
and and oh, then the other cool. thing is look at everything as an opportunity um, to see who you are and and what you want to do and what you're comfortable with because every time that you move every time that whether the season's going well or not going well it's an opportunity for you to see how can how you can support your husband but also what you can learn from that how it's going to make you um, a better person. Mm. Be, yeah. be reflective. I appreciate reflective. that. I appreciate that for sure. Especially the, the note about making it happen yourself, because I have, I can't tell you <laughs> how many times that I've had the conversation with Mikhail, uh, just reminding him that we're in a relationship too. And it's mm-hmm. not just because he's great about coming home and, you know, being with the kids and, you know, giving them their, their time. But then after the kids are asleep, he gets on the phone or does this and I'm right. like, okay, well, I guess I'm not here. <laughs> and that's, and, and when she told me that it was like a light bulb went off. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I appreciate that for sure myself. I need to, I need to be better about that because uh, we just don't, don't, you know, we could, mm-hmm. and we just don't. And I forget that he doesn't have the time to even think about it sometimes, you know, and, his mind is on one thing yeah yeah no that's great that's great I remember I used to tell Alvin also though you know you you can't put our marriage on the shelf yep and do your work and then come back to it later and it's going to be full and and you know happy (laughs) yeah you have to nurture it also but and that's where I think taking some control of what happens in your marriage and what you want to do and yeah and, and just just know this there's always an adjustment period. I even, you know, at our age coming here, there was an adjustment period. And there were some conversations we had to have because it is different, especially because the season was not a great season. Yeah. It was, it was a challenging year. Oh yeah. But so your marriage is always going to evolve and, and there was always an adjustment period, but don't stay quiet, but don't also um, make sure that it's productive conversations and mm. that it's a conversation. Yes, I completely agree. We had to do the same thing. I mean, at, being at a different level, you know, we, we've never experienced this type of change. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I also wasn't sure if I could say anything, you know, because they'd lose so much and they'd come, he'd come home and you know, eventually it's, he started to figure out how to learn how to lose because at Houston, he came from winning right. so much. I mean, they did lose in the beginning. Don't get me wrong. Like we did go through a lot. Of <laughs> yes. We forgot about that though. Yeah. Things were so forget. great that we forgot about, you know, all of the, the first years. When... Yeah. And it's weird how, like how that can happen. It's like, mm-hmm. we, we were a part of a rebuild. We've already done that. And being in a different role in this rebuild was right was a lot for us to learn how to do and and be okay with I guess because it's like okay yeah I get that you lost but like we kind of are trying to get to know people and we had plans to go you know eat dinner with this couple and you're in a bad mood and you know just having to remind him like you know I get that you're upset and stuff but like it's not just on him to figure out how to get through it. You know, right. I, I had to step up and, and, and help in that way too, because obviously us walking away from the game, we're going to be upset. We're going to be annoyed, mm-hmm. but we don't, it's not our career. It's not, 
we're not, our, you know, it's not. We don't have to look at it and go, what did we do wrong? What do, what do we yeah. need to do next? How are we going to fix this? Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, part of the challenge this year for me was because also, you know, Casey, our son was walking on the team and, mm-hmm. and that's something we've never had to deal with is mm. that conversation and, yeah. you know, being a parent and being a coach and being a parent and being a coach's wife um, and saying, play my child more. <laughs> <laughs> and being really the head help. coach. So yeah. he really had the most say of anything. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that was something we had to get through. And honestly, yeah. I've, I've had the opportunity also to talk to another coach's wife who went through the same thing. And to, just to know that it was the same with, with them helped uh-huh. me. Because wow. I think that's, and that's, that's where as coaches wives, you have to connect and, and recognize that you're not going through, you're not the only person who's, who's ever had to go through it. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece, like just being able to, to connect with women who, or men, you know, mm-hmm. if it's their wife or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the case is, um, being able to connect with someone that has experienced it. And I was hoping that this, you know, this would be a sector for people to be able to hear and learn from people who are going through it. So that's so helpful. Well, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to do better in this coming year um, in getting the wives together so that we can, so that, that we're here for each other also, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. I mean, you don't want to be all up underneath everybody at the, all the time, but you know, having a connection is Mm -hmm. good because, you know, people's, um, personalities are different and you know you don't have to be best friends with everybody but right knowing that you are in the same boat and being able to lean on each other when you need to is important so that makes sense some some of the most fun and the best years that I've had have been with you know when the the staff and the wives have a really good relationship so yeah that makes sense Mm mm-hmm well, Ms. Rochelle, I really appreciate your time. This was a lot of great stuff, not only for, you know, me, but I'm sure whoever's listening, I'm sure got some great pieces out of this. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And I hope that I have been a help to someone. Yes, today. I'm sure you have. If not anybody else, definitely me. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.